This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode contains mentions from Shang-Chi from Blood and Ash series, The Black Witch Chronicles, and Empire of Storms. There's also discussion surrounding grief. everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing book one in the Sands of Arawia, the wonderful book, We Hunt the Flame. And I have to say, I love this ending. I love anything that has like hearts in boxes i just i just love that <laughs> there's a lot i i, I want to say there's foreshadowing and obviously it's set up that way because we know and maybe it helps that we know that there's a second book but when you have you know when you read that first book like when we did for Legendborn, the way it's set up you're just like this is set up for a second book we need the second book so the way this ends imagine everybody who is just like at the edge of their seat like waiting and frothing out the mouth for the next part. And that's what the epilogue is with, in a lot of different ways. It's just, it's just so good to know that yes, like we, as like you and I, a podcast get to read a second book. We get to like f- find out like what happens, but also like we, as a general audience get to experience this as a TV show, like as a fandom and a community. And that will be very interesting too. So Lots of things to say, lots of very like exciting things going on in the community. And I don't know, let's let's just like kind of get into it. I really love Zafira. I have a love for her. I relate to strong female characters that have a male best friend in love with them and then them proposing. <laughs> oh, <really? laughs> and then them proposing and then you mean like <laughs> shit. <laughs> What do I do now? <laughs> not saying that has happened to me. No, no, <laughs> no, no. That's no. never. That's never happened to me more than once because that would be weird. <laughs> um, but I related to that on a very like deep level. So um, I have to say, Zephyr is my girl. I really appreciated her and her um, her whole her whole journey about like embracing herself. I really dug that. I like how, I mean, right off the bat, something, and and this isn't spoiling, and plus it's the episode, but right when you're reading the synopsis of the cover, you know that she is a woman who is a hunter who is masking as a man, basically because men can't believe that a woman could ever get this stuff done, and if they did... Everything that she has been fighting for her people and helping her community survive, she feels like it would be brushed aside and she'd be damned, basically. And it gave me very Mulan vibes, how Mulan had to do what was best for the people. And I think this is an ongoing conversation that we always have in the books is 
having a respect for the female main characters who understand the importance of the bigger picture. And sometimes, you know, it's like there's a lot of self-sacrificing in a way, but they understand that it's not just about them. Yeah, it's not just about them. There's a huge picture. And, you know, I... I love world building, obviously, you know, that I I love reading world building and like there is very heavy world building in this book, which is fine because it's a really interesting world. And I have to say that um, just like in our Serpent and Dove episodes, I am not a huge fan of our found family wandering around in the forest or in this case, on an island for a majority of the book where very little happens. But, but I appreciate um, the bonding, I guess, that's going on. And I absolutely, without a doubt, no question, appreciated the many twists at the uh, like middle and tail end of this book. I did not see any of that shit coming. No, I didn't either. Um, in regards to the quote-unquote found family trope, I never took it as they were a found family. It just didn't read that way to me. There was definitely, like, between Zafira and Nasir, they were obviously enemies to lovers. I mean, everything was set up to have them pitted against each other from the beginning, um, unbeknownst to the individuals at the time. Um, But it felt like they were just kind of, they had a common goal, And then they kind of, oh, you have the same goal. We have the same goal. Let's just kind of work through this together. It didn't feel like a family. Um, Not to say that that's a bad thing. I just don't see, not every book needs to have a found family trope. Well, they call themselves, uh, the word that they use, uh, they say like gang, like we're a gang, like together. Right. And and then... You know, they are um, all of these characters. So who are all of these characters? We're, we're talking about them. We haven't even, like, really talked about them. We have Nasir. Who is the male main character. Yep. So he's the prince. The prince Zafir- of death. The prince of death. The uh, Hashashin. The Hashashin, oh. which is... But he's basically an assassin with a heart and is the son of the sultan. Yes. And then Zafira, who's the female huntress who feeds her people in her, like, caliphate... And, you know, she's awesome. She's awesome. She's, she's awesome. We've got Dean and then her best friend, uh, Yasmin, and then uh, Zafira's sister and her mom and her backstory. Then we have Altair. Altair is my favorite. I've got nothing but love for the sassy best friend. I'm all about it. I and in this case, sassy like, best friend. sassy half-brother, like, all about it. I love it so much. Um, yeah. His one-liners, oh, I mean, that, that comes with the best friend territory, the sassy best friend territory, when you find out about, like, them being half-brothers, and he's like, you knew this whole time? Why didn't you tell? He's like, well, he's your half-brother, so, like, I told you half the truth. Like, doesn't that count? <laughs> or when, you know, towards, like, the last quarter of the book or what have you, when Nasir and Zafira are captured, and Altair comes to save them. He's like, oh, I've come to save my damsel in distress. And Zafira is quick to respond. I am not a damsel. I'm not in distress. She goes on Megara on him. And he goes, wasn't talking about you. And I just, <laughs> I just love, I love the sass. I love the sass. Uh, and the, the banter, like Sultani, like all of that is, is just really good. It's just good. Uh, it, yeah. 
I, I loved it. Altair was my favorite. So, like, the end, you know. Okay. Um, we've got, uh, who else is there? Um, Benjamin. Benjamin. And, uh, Benjamin. Benjamin. Kifa. Kifa. And who else? Silver Witch. Lion of the Night. Silver Witch. Lion of the Night. Boy, oh boy. Um. Didn't see either of those. Yeah. Either of those twists. Yeah. No, not at, not at all. I, the, 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 that's why I said like the world building on this like was was really good and like the re- the repetition was there so you by the time the twists were happening you had like at least some grasp of what was going on so i read this twice so the first time i read it like two weeks ago and then i finished it again today and i needed that second read through let me tell you because the first time i finished it and i was like okay i i what just happened? <laughs> I feel like I know everything that happened, but I didn't get all of the like subtlety, you know? So the second time I still didn't get all the subtlety because I'm dumb. But I will No, no That'll I will. be me with Priory. I'll be like, oh, I remember this. Don't remember this. I, I you know, I will, I swear I will. But um yeah, the the line of the night, all of that was really good. Uh Shar. So okay. Okay. Magic is gone. I like stories where magic is gone and the goal is magic coming back because, you know, as soon as magic comes back, like all shit. Shit. Yeah. 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 And like, we love that. So like, and that is what happens here, like more or less, like they, they succeed in the end. Like the goal, you know, they succeed. Of course, um, you know, there are deaths, um, you know, people are sad, things are worked through. uh, But, you know, I have to say. I think personally that Dean is slept on as a character. I liked Dean. I don't like friends to lovers. I, you know, I will go down with that. But like as a character, I really liked him. And I thought that his death was so fast and like. It was very early on. Do you feel like it was necessary to move the plot to have him killed off so early? Yeah, I think so, because I think that kind of uh, conflict and that, like, uh, barrier needed to be there between, like, Altier and Nasir and and Zafira, so that, you know, there was, like, that tension between our, like, main three, but um, it, it was just so fast, and, like, and he was so sweet. He was a, he was a good person. I think that's, yeah. you know, he was very selfless. Like, I mean, because... The goal was to. Ha- she was supposed to be the target, and he ca- and he sacrificed himself. You know, Zafira eventually says, "Like, which one of you killed him?" But it was never about. I understand technically, yes, and and they never answer it. They never answer which one. And he was like, "Does it? Is it going to matter? Is it going to make a difference? What are the, what the outcome is?" Or at least that's what I remember. But she was the target, and he sacrificed himself because he loved his best friend. And you're right. He's just a good person. He's like, you know, I want you to marry me. And, you know, I know you won't wear a ring. So I got it on this chain and like, like, take it like in my dying, like moments, like take this wedding ring that you rejected because you didn't want to marry me. Like, oh, my God, like how heavy, like I really just like how heavy I uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, I really love her. And really interesting. Well, I don't want to say interesting. To see the character development, because right before he proposes and you have, like, that depth of, like, you know, I love you, like, 
I know how you feel about marriage, blah, blah, blah. She already had that in-depth conversation with Yasmin on her wedding day of like, "Mm, this is for you, not so much for me. And Yasmin even says, like, even tries to have that conversation with her best friend. Like, not everybody's like you, you know, like we everybody wants something different. Like, this is what I want for my life. Well, and Zafira does a really great uh, like line there um, talking to Dean. And, and she's like, you know, when all this is over, like when all this is over and I come back, I will marry you. Like, yes, I will. Oh. Do you, you remember that? Like, and then her inner monologue is like, that's a lie. Right. Like, like that's a lie. And like that. Why am I? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like, why am I saying the stuff that I don't even believe? Yeah, because she doesn't even know really if she's going to come back alive. So she's just like saying all this this stuff to like brush, you know, to like kind of gloss over all of it. So she leaves. So she deal when she comes back. But like, I really like that because she admits it to herself right away. Like, liar, you're a liar. Like, you were never going to do that. And that's just another reason why I really appreciate Zafira. And of course, like you said, again, like Nasir and Zafira are set up from the beginning. Like she is a compass. She can't get lost in darkness. And like his his whole thing is like darkness. You know, it's it's very, you know, poetic. It's it's very good. It's very good. Um, or like in which, you know, that in the beginning and then at the end when she's captured and Nasir comes after her, she's like, why? Why did you come after me? And he goes, you're like, he couldn't even admit it to himself. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, like. He says it in a more romantic way, but he goes, you're my compass. And I go, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, worth noting that all these people are hot. <gasps> so hot. I can't so wait to hot. post all the fan art. They're so all hot. just. Nasir's fan art. Gorgeous. Uh, and it's by, it was commissioned by ARZ28. So if they have an Instagram, we'll. We'll tag that person, but it's all on the We Hunt, and we'll have everything in show notes too. WeHuntTheFlame.com has all these, all, they're all hot. They're all just attractive people. Attractive people. Oh my gosh. And I was going to say, unrelated, did you notice when they said the thing? Oh, when they said we hunt the flame, like we are the. <laughs> they said it. They yeah, said the they said it. But you know, it was funny because it wasn't even like Zafira or Nasir that said it. It was Kifa that said it. She she gave like such a beautiful like. We like, hunt the speech. flame. The, yeah, part of it, part of it's um. We hunt the flame, the light and the darkness, the good this world deserves. Yeah, how just like po- I read a review that said that the writing of this book is at times lyrical and lush and i believe that completely because there are moments in that book just like that speech where it's just it's just beautiful i remember um zafira was describing a feeling in her stomach and i was just like that is like poetry that oh my gosh um so what do we what do we really really not love about this book we have to be like totally fair in our criticism what do we not love now we've been like praising it. I tried. I think it was hard for me initially. The world building. It took me. And I love. I mean, everybody who has criticisms for Crescent City regarding the world building, I ate that shit up. I I like a world building. This one was a little bit harder for me, and I do understand that this. I am not the target audience for this read, um, but just like our Legend Born episode. 
you don't need to be a target audience to be a good book. And what I really like, and again, we'll, we'll have a bunch of links in our show notes. Um, the author, Hafsa, had an interview with Bustle, and she even said um, by making Arawia feel like home, she wanted to, she, like, that was her whole point in the world building is um, to making Arawia feel like home, to make it more accessible for non-Arab readers. And I think that's really, and, and that typically her writing style too is she lines up the themes, she does the world building, and she puts characters in later, which I found really interesting because usually, and I don't know, I don't know many authors, um, except Caven and Amber. <laughs> um, I only know two authors. Um, that... You usually like there's an idea for characters and you want to do something with them. So or there's a balance of like, here's this plot. Here's some characters. Then you grow. So to hear a different style of predominantly world building first was something interesting that after reading that interview, I read that interview after I read the book. And that made sense why I felt that way in the world building. I can see that. Like clearly now that you say that, um, you know, you got the world, you can you, I'm thinking of it like the map and then you have all the different sections and, you know, the, when magic disappeared, like this is what happened, you know, this is the, you know, all of that. Like I can, I can see that. I think that's wonderful. Um, wow. Wow. That, that's really interesting. Uh, once again, Jessica Marie does the work. Uh, <laughs> Does the work. She did all of the work. Um, I even, in just for you, I even found a Reddit link. Hey! <laughs> Gotta give a shout out to Reddit. <laughs> oh, man. What would we do without Reddit? Uh, probably a lot. Um, so what do we think about the forest? I found the idea of an ever like encroaching forest to be menacing and anxiety inducing in a very like simple like basic like, it's one of those like basic fears right like the wilderness like keeps coming out to get you and like no matter what happens like it will swallow where you are eventually like that's a primal fear i i i don't know if i didn't I don't know. I don't know if I picked it up so much only because that kind of happens in a way in Shang-Chi and mm-hmm. it's like getting out on the, like once you get out on the other side, it's like, oh, it's not so bad. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like a defense mechanism for the forest. So I think that's probably why if it was quote unquote real life, absolutely. That'd be terrifying. Or even maybe because of our exposure to um, the film, from Blood and Ash series with the Blood Forest. I mean, that forest is terrifying within itself. But maybe I'm just used to being in you the just, woods all the time. You just desensitized. You're desensitized. You're like, hey, it's another killer know. forest. Here's Whatever. Another, here's another one. Like, I'm not surprised. If, if some, and even if you go back, not even with woods, even if we go as far back to talk about Wizard of Oz and they had the attacking trees, like, we've been exposed. Like you said, we've been decent. Maybe it's just a desensitization. I don't know. I find forests to be like very pleasant and very like wonderful oh. and like fairy like until very cottage core, <laughs> very cottage core, very cottage core until a certain point in the afternoon, and then it becomes like menacing. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like, 
And and um, Talk Everlasting makes me feel that way. I, I don't know why, like, Talk Everlasting is very anxiety-inducing to me with the big tree and the spring and the woods and the... I'm that person who, if something wasn't happening, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Ah. So, but I mean, the way you feel about the forest is how I feel about the ocean. And I think that's just knowing that feeding time for sharks is between like twilight and dawn. So (laughs) that's terrifying to me. Uh, Terrifying to me is being stuck on a magical island full of monsters uh, as... We may know I'm scared of the ocean. So, you know, being yeah, stuck being same. stuck on a magical island is pretty terrifying to me. Uh, being stuck on a magical island with a super hot prince, uh, you know, better. His super hot, you know, half-brother, better. Uh, you know, like, it, it could have been worse. Uh, filled with ifrits, though, not cool. And the Lion of the Night, who is very scary. Very, very scary, though. Yeah. Why... I was, when I was reading him, I was trying to place what type of villain do I know? Like, who is a comparable villain, right? Like, remember when we were doing the Mortal Instruments 1 through 3, and I was saying how Valentine Morgenstern was very much like Mar- uh, Marcus Vogel. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to pinpoint... And maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a melding of other. But I just felt like why his tactics and his approach, maybe it's just like a villain thing, reminded me of something that we read. I really I really don't remember. And if anybody else has read this book and then they go, oh, please let us know in, in our comments to say like, oh, he kind of reminded me of this. I just his approach to... Zephira, once he finally does capture her, when the the bartering of trying to get her to help him, and she finally was like, "I'll do it, I'll do it," just so he would stop torturing Nasir. Um, Don't burn him. Yeah, it was just like maybe it's just part of like villain one hundred and one that I've just gotten so you that I was like, "Oh, this is just like a I don't want to say he's t- a typical villain, but he was scary." Yeah, he was scary. Um, I, he was very manipulative, right? Like he's long, maybe that's the fear. <laughs> yeah, like long game manipulative. Mm. Um, you know, similar to Valentine, and that like the longer you let him talk, the more, the more the you, things he's saying yeah, kind of makes, makes sense. sense. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's where I the comparison is. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe a little bit with Valentine. Like the more you let him go on, the more like when you start to raise your points, like you sound like the asshole. You're like. But but you're not. But like the way that the, yeah yeah, it's very very much like that. I thought, um, this the, this whole this this whole backstory with the sisters, the sisters and magic and like the prison island, the six, the six magical sisters, yeah, right? like like the, the sisters. I almost in their in the mythology, I almost had to equate like the six sisters are essentially like six deities, yeah. That, that's how I basically read it, yeah. Like, six deities, and then, uh, like, five of them are out in the world, and, like, the sixth one is, like, the most powerful one, and, like, she's on the, the like, prison island, you know, to keep everybody in line. And then the, the Lion of the Night trick. Okay, okay. This is where my chronological order is a little bit wonky. <laughs> so, the White Witch, right? Silver Witch. The Silver Witch, sorry. Thinking of... Uh, 
Gandalf. The silver, <laughs> the silver witch is with the Lion of the Night yes. and has Altier. Yes. Yes. And then she leaves and meets... She and, and meets... Nasir's, Nasir's father. dad, yes. yeah, and falls in love and finds she didn't out what realize love is. That, like what real love is yeah. until she met the Sultan, right? Yeah, yeah, and then has Nasir, correct? Yeah. Okay, so then there. Okay, so we have the trope of you want to know how I got these scars? Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Ledger. Yeah. Um, that. Zafira is seeing Nasir's scars, then, you know, he's, like, taking off his clothes, and he's like, you know what that means? Just, you know, they have their little banter, banter. Then you later find out that he shares with her how he got the scars, which is how his father was abusing him if he didn't basically conform to whatever his father was asking him to do. And then... At one point, one of the Hashashan assignments, he didn't want to complete or he was, like, having some humanity about it. And the the way and, – and Nasir even says, like, I've gotten so accustomed to the torture that he, his dad could, like, be scarring him or poking and prodding him for as long as possible – and he became kind of like desensitized. Like he almost didn't have any nerve endings by that point. So it didn't bother him. And this whole time, one of the things he did it for so long to his mother, how it was set up. It was like he basically, the Sultan basically tortured his mother to die. And that's why everybody blamed Nasir for his mother's death. That's all Nasir knew. For most of his life, that he was responsible for his mother's death. So then, ugh. how fucked up, right? So fucked up. And then, and then you come to find out, bitch never died. She fucking lied to everybody, set up her own death, like, peaced out. Then, <laughs> that's how we find, that's how we, that's the reveal. That's how we find out as the reader. Did anybody see that coming? I want to know if anybody saw any of these plots coming. Because I remember I paused the book. I go, what? And I was listening to the book. And then I think I told you. I go, I, I was listening and I was reading because I felt like it was harder for me to get involved into the book. So I really was just like, well, let me just do both. Maybe I'll process it better. And I stopped the book. I go, to did I did I read? Did I hear what I think I read? Like it was just a mess. I was a mess. And it was. I go, oh my gosh. The whole the Silver Witch, the entire time. The Silver Witch has made an appearance since the beginning of the book, talking to um to to Zephira. Nobody knew. I'm just I'm still just kind of rambling about my being shocked about the whole thing. Well, it it is. It is very surprising. And like, no, I didn't see it either. But I was like, geez, gee whiz, it's got to be something, right? Like, it has yeah, to be. Yeah, you were just wondering where this was going. Like, where? I just like, where is where. this going? Yeah. And then when the characters are like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, too. So you know, that was really good, and that's a credit to the writing that I was just like, the fuck, what? Did you see when the Lion of the Night captured? Zafira, did you know that that was going to be Altair's father? No. No. 
No, I had no idea. I I figured it was going to be something. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be that. Well, then, okay, tell flash forward to the epilogue and Yasmin, who we met earlier in the book, and then at, she's carried throughout the book as like this. It's almost like um, Zafira has Yasmin as her like angel on her right shoulder kind of thing. Like, oh, this would be if she was here, you know, like what w- what would Yasmin do kind of thing. And so you go into her kind of POV and she's in like this house castle thing with her new husband. And she's just she's now she's in rage. She knows Dean died. Her friends out there. Shit's going down and she feels helpless. She's just like, what am I going to do? And he's like, I know. And her husband's like, I know a guy. I know a guy. And she's like, yeah, but like, who do you know? You know, then you come to find out the guy I know he's going to help us out. It's Altair. Cool. Go to the other part of the epilogue. He's going to be working against him. <laughs> That's what I like. Those are the last lines that like Altair shows up and he was like, "Don't worry, blah blah blah." Said the Lion of the Night, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're working. They're all in it together." I was just, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> well, and and again, that's a credit to the writing, but that just gets you like so pumped, right, for the next right. one, like so incredibly pumped. It was just amazing. Um. I want to talk very briefly about Zafira and her grief because I feel like grief is a theme here that every every character is dealing with in their own way. Um, you know, like uh, Benjamin has his own thing, and then like Kifa has everything with her dad, Ugh. and um, yeah, yeah, you know, everybody else. But um, Zafira and like what happened with her mom and dad. Like, yeah, both of her parents. Well, yeah, both of her parents. And, like, the guilt that she feels about that, I feel like guilt is another, like, really heavy theme here. And everybody is, like, weighed down by, like, a burden of guilt. Um, so Zafira was, was the, you know, learned how to um, be a hunter from her dad, basically. And, like, she could go into the hour, the hours, the woods, and hunt and not get lost and, and, you know, keep her sanity and everything. And then she gets sick, right? Um, she gets sick and then her sister gets sick and her mom gets sick. And she's sick for a long time. And her dad goes out on his own into the forest and comes back crazy. And then uh, attacks Zafira. And then Zafira's mom has to kill her husband in front of Zafira. Just like, and, and then her mom goes into complete and utter depression, and, and it's been like that for five years now. So, I mean, wow, heavy shit, heavy shit. And and um and Zafira ha- has not spoken to her mother in five years since then, and um that is heavy too. So I I really I've said it, you know, I'll say it again. I love Zafira. I feel like uh the the things that she has to deal with are very heavy and and very, um, you know, they like help kind of like build who you are as a person, and they're tragic, but it it doesn't come off as like like gross, like exploitative kind of tragedy. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it feels kind of like okay, oh, oh, okay. Okay, like, it's bad, but she's got her mom, and, like, her mom's there, like, her sister, and, like, you know, it's not this, like, 
gross spectacle of tragedy. And I appreciated that. Yeah, it, it was a lot of, you know, and it sucks, and it, but it's life that how we grow as people in the face of adversity, blah, blah, blah. We've all been there. Does it make it great? No. Do you wish that on other people? You know, no, typically. <laughs> but it just, it doesn't, it also doesn't define her character in a way, which is, which I can respect that you don't let your tragedies take over, become you, or you become your tragedies. They're just a part of who you are and how you um, add that to your little toolbox of life. Yeah, it's yeah. Oof. And I feel like um Zephyr is also very like like strong in character too. And yeah. like uh you know, and other characters like Benjamin are are worried about her like mental health and like how she deals with things and like when she finds out that like um she has magic, like she's a compass, right? When she finds that out and she has like a little breakdown, like um Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's, it's, well, there's it's a line that they even tell her um I think it's Benjamin um, he goes, you aren't broke because she's like upset thinking she's broken because she like now she knows kind of what she is and it makes sense of why she is the way she is. Why was she the only person able to come back to, you know, her community and find her way back home? And they say, you know, you aren't broken, Zafira. You've always followed the direction of your heart. It was a subconscious effort you trusted without a doubt. But now that you know what you are, you've begun to use your head instead of your heart. And that is what has life left you astray, which I think is really important, you know, cause you know, how many times do you hear the quotes like, Oh, you know, listen to your heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, they make songs about it all the time. Listen to and your this, heart right. when it's calling <laughs> to you. For you too. We don't karaoke <laughs> clearly, clearly. Um, maybe you, maybe we'll even edit that out. Um, <laughs> But I think it's very telling that, you know, usually you and I personally will be like, okay, shut it down, lock it down. You got to tighten up your emotional shit because you got to keep bigger picture. Keep and that that has worked very well for us our entire lives. (laughs) Um, But in this case, that's not the case. They're like, you can't listen. Now you're thinking logical where everything that came easy to you was because you weren't thinking too much into it. It was this natural, innate part of who you are. And now that you're thinking too much, and that's also true with anything. Think about how I, I remember there was, when I was studying in Spain at one point, uh, trying to do all the conjugations of like past, present, participle, future, everything. So hard when you're sober. But if you let your guard down... And everybody even tells you, if you're learning a new language, have a couple drinks if you're trying to converse because you will stop thinking, you you will stop overthinking and everything will just kind of flow as you let your inhibitions down of like that natural, you know, guard to try to be perfect at something new. And, and this is this Maybe is just true. Me? No, oh. no, no. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. If you ever go out with us, you will see lots of you will hear lots of languages. Um, <laughs> so I took a screenshot on my phone when I was trying to like really get the world building down, and it says that there are two different like types of magic users in this world, right? 
there's one whose affinities pertain to the body and mind. Those are seers, healers, and mirages. And then there's insuri, who are the uh, firehearts, the aquifers, and the blacksmiths, wielders of light and shadow. And then um, uh, the ben- Benjamin's a, a, a dreamwalker. He's he's telling oh, he's telling he's the dreamwalker. Yeah, he hadn't dreamed in so long. So long, but he, the magic was back on Shar. So then he could yeah. So yeah. So uh, just. The, the little details about the, the world building I thought were really interesting and things like that. And you have all these um, uh, variety. So you have like diversity amongst diversity, right? It's just really fantastic. And then the magic is gone. And um, that like other level of diversity is just like wiped out from everybody. Um, and of course, the, the world is different. And I will never really stop appreciating Zafira about how she in the beginning is like, I just want to feel sand under my feet. And then at the end, she's like, I never, ever want to be around <laughs> sand. It gets everywhere. It's awful. I hate it. I just, it's awful. I'm just like, yeah, sand sucks. I <laughs> like, hate sand. It's like, it's awful. so weird because I do appreciate the desert and the lack of humidity. We grew up in Florida. I, I do. I like putting my feet in the sand. Absolutely. But please, like, I need a water station, you know, like how sometimes yep. you can have like the spigots right when you get off the beach to wipe my feet off because driving. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> do you Ugh. ever remember? And maybe we just did this with the, with the kit, like from my younger siblings. We would keep bottles of water in like a jug of water from home, like from the faucet, from the sprinkler or something from home. And we would bring it in the car so we would rinse our feet off because in florida different parts of florida you could drive on the beach so you even if you try to rinse them off in the ocean you're still, still yeah yeah the never any battle against sand uh no i didn't do that when i was a kid because the water would turn into like boiling like fire liquid <laughs> so no just sand everywhere i will never i and i love rowan and aelin with all of my heart that just that scene. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, no, not <laughs> not about it. Everywhere, everywhere, not about it. I mean, in the ocean, okay, fine, but even then, like fish. But like, uh. you know, okay, we we're digressing. We're digressing. <laughs> we don't we don't mean to be digressing. Um. So what's what was your like? What was your favorite part of this no. book? I don't I don't know if one part stands out. I feel like. What initially was, oh my gosh, an epilogue. Like, I feel, I, no, I feel like I was reading and reading and reading and all of a sudden it was epilogue. Mm. And I go, I just didn't feel like chapter 91 was the end, but the epilogue should have just been chapter 92, maybe not even considered an epilogue. I don't know. I don't think, I don't know if one instance stands out to me. Mm. Not in a bad way. I just, you know, it, it was, I, I, it was, I enjoyed the read, but there wasn't anything that like really off the top of my head right now. What about well, you? and we have to understand like this is the first book, right? We all know, yeah. we all know a fantasy first book situation. Like it is what it is. And then the second book is always, you know, like boom, boom. And we know that the second book it, we know this set is a duology. Yeah. So the second book is the end. Yeah. So this just this. feels, I guess, more or less, this really just feels like a setup. Mm-hmm. Like if I think of, and I, and, I, and I try to think, if I try to think of Throne of Glass out of the eight books, and I say that because we just started talking about Rowan and Aelin, 
what was my favorite part of you know what i take that back because i just love aelin as a whole she's my favorite part so never mind mm-hmm. i guess alistair he was my favorite till the epilogue yeah but i just don't know where we're going with that like is he a double agent is he try? is he try? we don't know we don't know if he whose team he's he on is he trying to get information i don't know oh it oh interesting very it's all it's all very interesting it's all very exciting um I think my favorite part has to be like from the time that everyone realized that they had to dig up the hearts. I feel like from there, from digging up the hearts until the end is like my favorite like section of the book. And I can't really okay. pick, pick out like a favorite moment from that. That because that that's when it's just like, bam, 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 all the things, all the things, all the things. And like, I, I really and I really enjoyed that. I liked a lot of the quotes. I feel like I highlighted a it's lot of quotes. Very quotable. What do you, What do you have? What are some good ones? I, I really like the ones in the beginning. Where it was do you think seeing a woman won't? Do you think seeing a woman won't make them rethink my every accomplishment? Because again, it's another patriarchal heavy society. It's like yeah. That's exactly what's going to happen because Yasmin's like, why don't you just tell them and show you, show everybody who you are, who you really are, who the hunter is, or whoever yeah. it was saying that. Um, I liked when she thought where I can't remember who she was with, where they called. She thought she was going off as the hunter, and they called her out. Okay, huntress, and she froze. I do like that when she got called out on it, and she thought she was just running a good gimmick. Oh well, we we didn't even talk about that. And that's because what, um, Haytham, Hathor, Haytham, there's like going to be a female, like, um, like, like ruler? a female, so- yeah, yeah, like a sultana almost, or yeah, like, like of their sassarin. That's just like a couple paragraphs that are in there and that's like not brought up like ever again. So it, yeah, I wonder so if that's I, kind yeah, of like, if, if that's dropped in there and that'll be part of the next book. I hope so. Cause like women. Right. Um, Oh, I know that there was nothing more respectable and dangerous than a woman of confidence. Yes. Yes. Oh. And of course, we haven't talked about uh, the representation in this book. And that is because being who we are, we cannot speak on if this is accurate representation. We can only speak on like what the story is. And to us, the story is very good. So. I can see why people were talking about it because I really didn't know my, most of the time I go into books blind. I didn't completely go in blind for this one because I knew this, this wasn't going to be written for me. So I wanted to have some sort of understanding and kind of put my mind in the right mindset of like what I was walking into Um to be in that, you know, in that frame of mind. So I knew everybody talked about it on Bookstagram, on Book Talk. People have been excited about it. I mean, even when I was pulling up the links, you have Bustle and Teen Vogue interviewing the author. I mean, those aren't, you know, no discredit to, you know, smaller blogger sites. Um, but th- those are those are big names for any author to 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 land an interview on that capacity. And it, they weren't small Q and A's. They were, you know, important, intensive uh, interviews that I found really helpful reading and kind of looking back and understanding what I was reading. And when I, when I read the interviews after, because I didn't read them during, because I didn't want to be spoiled. I had, and the interviews, if you're considering 
reading this book, the interviews don't give anything away either. It's more about defining the relationships and the structure of the stories. No spoilers. And another kind of point that I want to bring up is like Zafira starts off like masking as a man, uh, the hunter and all her accomplishments as a man because of the oppressive like situation that she is living in and women aren't allowed to do certain things. And it's, you know, it's a very shitty situation. And throughout the course of the book, she takes off her hood. She takes off her cloak. She uh, literally faints because of the oppressive weight of the cloak over her. And she has to take it off and kind of, um, and, and throughout the story, uh, there are moments where she kind of hunches and like hunches into herself and, uh, she feels like Dean's imaginary fingers on her chin, like lifting her. So she's like proud and like, you know, you know, making her like take up space when she was trying to like fold into herself. And that is really beautiful. And I, see that on its surface level for what it means to me but i know that for a lot of other people that means something very different and i can't speak on that because of who i am but you know it's not for me and that that's all i'm saying but it was very beautiful just on a surface level for me as a reader because i also feel that way i also feel like you know when i'm not confident and i don't have something with me like i shrink into myself and it's it's a hard lesson to like take up space as a woman and like throw your shoulders back and like take uh like pride in your accomplishments and that's what i took from it and i think that's nice that no matter who you are there is there is something that you can take away from this book you know even though it is the first of a duology there's still something to take away because that setup brings us into that second book too and it's such a good setup for a second book oh my god it's just fantastic and it's so exciting and and the second book is out like we as a podcast like don't have to wait like i guess you as an audience has to wait a little bit but like we as a podcast uh <laughs> we don't have to wait which is very exciting um so i i am very grateful that we had the opportunity to read this. I am thankful that we got to read this. And I am very excited for the next book. And as a result of that, I can't, I feel like I can't possibly be more excited for the TV show, but I bet I will be by the end of the second book. Yeah, I feel like, and I think it'll be interesting once we read the second book, how, you know, sometimes we have once, especially since we know the rights have been secured, and we'll have the deadline article in the show notes as well to see what our speculations of the structure might be. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's very exciting. It's very exciting. So feel free to follow us on Instagram, Akafe Podcast. And we're both on TikTok, Akafe Laura and Akafe Jessica. And if you are feeling generous, please feel free to review us on wherever platforms allow reviewing. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. And we will be back next week. Bye. Bye.